Good evening. It's wonderful to see everyone here tonight. If you are visiting with us, we want you to know that you are honored guests. You have blessed us with your presence here tonight, and we hope that you find yourself comfortable. We hope that you find yourself edified and benefited in your Christian life by being here with us, worshiping God in truth and in spirit tonight. We want to thank everyone for being here with us this evening. As Bonnie said, we are, we are going to continue our study in the book of John. We are in John chapter 1. We have just started this book. We just, we just ended Romans, and now we, we have started John chapter 1. Brother Ian, if you recall, it's about two weeks ago now. Uh, he started the book of John. He did the first 18 verses, but he really did it intro into John. And some of the differences in, in the gospel of John from, uh, from the other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and really kind of set up Jesus and how John is depicting Jesus and, and all these differences there. And I hope that you can recall some of those things to your mind that, that Brother Ian talked about as we continue and finish out this book or this chapter John, 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 chapter one. I have many. Ver- I have all the verses up here on the board. If you would, if we we always encourage you to have a Bible. You can follow along. I'm going to be reading from the New King James version this morning, or sorry, not this morning, uh, this evening. And 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 I've got some other verses here, and many of the verses that I have up here on on the board, some are for clarification to help us really understand, for us to to look at at the, at these verses to help us to, to to see the whole picture that John is trying to uh, talk about. And some of the extra verses in there are for emphasis, because to me this is a very exciting chapter. Lots of exciting things are going on. John the Baptist is preparing the way. Jesus Christ is coming here. He is behold the Lamb of God, and it's some very exciting things that I, I want us to just kind of emphasize or really feel that impact in this tonight as we study John chapter 1. So John chapter 1 verses verses 19 through 51 will be completing this chapter. John chapter 1 verses 19 through 51 but before we read that I'd like to kind of echo something that Ian talked about or some verses that he pulled out in his lesson in 1 John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 that the John who wrote the gospel of John wrote 1 John as well. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and, out, and, and, out, and, and have handled with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. So here John is is saying that the things that we're going to talk about, we have seen. We have seen with our eyes. We have looked upon Jesus Christ. We were there. These are things that we have handled with our hands, the word of life. And I want us to just remember that, that John is telling us things that he witnessed, things that he saw. And, and, and it's very impactful. And he says, we are telling you these things. We are giving you these things in these books or in these letters so that you can have that fellowship with us, that we can believe those things that John has written down so that we can believe in Jesus Christ and have that eternal, everlasting life. So starting off here in John chapter 1, beginning of verse 19, picking up where Ian had left off, verse 19 says, now this is the testimony of John Speaking of John the Baptist here, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So there are some people there and they're just, they're asking John the Baptist some questions like, who are you? Are you Christ? No. Are you Elijah? No. Are you, are, are you 
prophet or the prophet? And he says, no, why are they asking these specific people or these specific names? Because many of these people understood and studied the Old Testament. They knew the law. They knew that there was a Messiah coming, and they're looking for this Messiah. They also know through uh, through Scripture, like Malachi, which we're going to look at, that Elijah was supposed to come first. And there's talking about this prophet and all this thing. And I want us to take a moment and go back to some of those verses and kind of study where they're asking or where these questions are coming from. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18, the Bible says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you. And when it says like you, that's talking about Moses because he's speaking to Moses here. And he said, I'm going to raise up a, a prophet like you because Moses and, and Jesus have, have very similar qualities from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So they, they know this verse, they know this scripture that this prophet or this prophet is a prophecy of Jesus Christ. And they're saying, that's why they asked, are you the prophet? And John the Baptist says, no, I'm not the prophet. He, he, he doesn't say it, but we can see in hindsight, that's Jesus Christ. They're saying, I'm going to raise up a prophet just like you, Moses, a, a lawgiver. And he, everything, and, and, and he's going to have the commandments of me in his mouth. He's going to speak those things to the children of Israel. So these people here, they're looking for these people. They're looking for Elijah. They're looking for the prophet. But that prophet is Jesus Christ. And John kind of clarifies all this. He makes sure that they're not confused. If you look in Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, in Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, the Bible says, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded you in Horeb, for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So they know these verses too. It says here that Elijah is going to come before the great day of the Lord. So they're looking for Elijah as well. But John really tells them, I'm not Elijah. So that can be confusing, can it? It's, it's, it's a little bit confusing, so I want us to make sure that we study that out because these scribes or these Pharisees or those that were sent by the Pharisees are asking these questions because they know these verses, they know this law, and they're looking for these people. They've waited hundreds and hundreds of years for these people. Matthew chapter 17, verses 10 through 13, the disciples asked Jesus a very important question here. Matthew chapter 17, verse 10, the Bible says, And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're studying right now. Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they do not know him, but did, but they did not know him, but to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. So they're asking the question, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Well, you can go back and look at Malachi and see those verses there that they're studying, that they're asking those questions. And Jesus says, indeed, Elijah did come, but it was John the Baptist. So why did John the Baptist say, I'm not Elijah? Because John the Baptist is not Elijah. John the Baptist is John the Baptist, but he came in the spirit of Elijah. And that's clarified in Luke chapter 1 here. In Luke chapter 1, where, where the angel there is speaking to, to Zacharias, who was John the Baptist's father, he says here in Luke chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. 
and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Luke chapter 1, verse 16, continuing there, the Bible says, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God, excuse me. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the, of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So that's what John the Baptist was there to do. John the Baptist was to prepare the way of the Lord. So John the Baptist came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. <laughs> Elijah and John the, the, the Baptist do similar things. They, they, they kind of prepare the children and people. They turn them, they repent them, or they're going around preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's John the Baptist's message. And Elijah did some of the very similar things. Repent the children of Israel and turn back to God. And John the Baptist is kind of preparing them. And he has that message of repentance as well. So he's not Elijah. He's not God didn't just reincarnate Elijah and bring him back from heaven when he took him up. John the Baptist has that spirit of Elijah. He has that power of Elijah. But they're not the exact same person. So that's what John is clarifying there. That he came... He has the spirit of Elijah, just like the scripture told us, but he's not exactly, he's not Elijah. He came in the spirit and power of Elijah. Continuing on in John chapter 1, verse 22, And they said to him, <coughs> Who are you, that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, or John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. <clears throat> so he said, that's, that's me. If you want to know who I am, why I'm here, what I'm doing, go back to Isaiah chapter 40. Look at that, and that tells you what I'm here. I'm the one crying in the wilderness, and that's where they went. They went in the wilderness to see John the Baptist dressing camel hair, eating locusts and th things like that. That's what they went to go see this man and his message. He was baptizing. And he says, I am the one that is here to prepare the way for the Lord. That's my job. I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 3, where that, that, that phrase there that I am him to prepare the way of the Lord comes from. It comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. The Bible says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and say out, out to her <coughs> that her, war, her, 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 her warfare is ended that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sin. Verse 3, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So that's, that's John the Baptist's mission there. That's, that's what he's there to do. He's there to prepare the people for Jesus Christ. And I want us to keep that word in mind, prepare, because there's a connection that I want us to make tonight. Some things that we can see from the study of God's word, of what part of John's preparing the people is all about. Back to John chapter 1, verse 24, the Bible says, Now those who were sent were from the, uh, the Pharisees. And I think it's very important that they point out that. That these men that are coming and asking John the Baptist all these questions, and there's nothing wrong with asking questions, it specifically says that these men were sent from the Pharisees. And if you know the Pharisees, majority of them, not, not, not all of them, are kind of the enemy of Christ. They're the ones that are out to get Jesus Christ to, to try to trip him up and stone him in his words and all of those things. So I'm not going to expound on that more, but I just, I just wanted us to remember that the Pharisee or the group of the Pharisees is going to be coming in more to play as we go through the book of John in these other chapters. 
they were sent by the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? So, so they're saying, So why are you, are, are you baptizing? And like I just read, he's preparing the people for Jesus Christ. He's preparing the way for Jesus Christ. And to, to, and, and to me, baptism really comes to play. We're going to talk about baptism a little bit tonight. And I guarantee you when we get to John chapter 3, we're going to talk about it some more. Because it's important. It's important for us to study these things. That John the Baptist is there preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And while he's doing that, he's baptizing people for the re, or, or, he's, he, he's baptizing people for, for, for the remission of sins. And that's a, a, a connection there of him preparing the people for Jesus Christ. Just like in Galatians chapter 3, if, we, if you remember Galatians chapter 3, how do we become into Jesus Christ? We are baptized into Jesus Christ. We are baptized into his death. And I, and I believe there's a part there to be played from John the Baptist there, baptizing people. Continuing on in John chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one, uh, one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. Loose. These things were done in, 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 in Bethrabah, Beth beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So that's kind of giving a location there that John was baptizing there in the Jordan River. And he's saying, I am baptizing, but there's one that's coming after me. He was preferred before me. And John is kind of preparing these people and talking to them about Jesus Christ. Because that's his whole mission is to prepare the people for Jesus Christ. And then in this next verse, in verse 29, here the Bible says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that is just profound to me. The next day he's sitting there talking to these people. He's baptizing people in the Jordan River and he's preparing the people, making straight the way for the Lord so they know which way to go. And then there he is. It says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you recall about a week ago or so, Brother Nathan gave a lesson on Genesis chapter 22. And if you recall, in Genesis chapter 22, it's talking about Abraham and how Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. And then the angel stopped at Abraham's hand before he was able to sacrifice Isaac and all those things. And there's a couple verses in there that came to mind when I read John chapter 1, verse 29. And it's in Genesis 22, 7 through 8, where the Bible says, But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood... But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the, the, the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went up together. And it's a profound statement to me that here John is saying, Behold the lamb of God, that God will provide for himself a lamb. God will provide for himself that offering. And thank God that he did. If Jesus didn't come, we would have no reason to be here. Jesus is everything. And it's saying here that God will provide for himself. God will provide that avenue for us as well in Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Now, Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7, the Bible also says, Titus chapter 3, verse 4, But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, well, that's what we're studying right now. That when the love of God appeared, that's Jesus Christ. Said so when the love of God, God appeared toward men, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration 
and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And it's so profound to me that I read these verses a lot. I've gone through Titus and I've studied Titus, but in John, it's, 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 it's his account. He was there. He saw all these things. And he's saying, behold, here is the Lamb of God. The love of God has appeared towards men is Jesus Christ. And by the washing of, of regeneration, the renewing of the Spirit, we have the opportunity to have that eternal life. You know, Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 also says, Knowing that we are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from our aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as, a lamb, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, just like we studied the last time, just Ian kind of covered all that, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And it's just profound to me that we're reading here where, where John the Baptist is saying, there he is, behold, the Lamb of God has come, and there he is. And all these things, this us being saved, us being baptized into Jesus Christ and all these things are, are happening or, or going on now that Jesus is here and he's starting his ministry. John chapter 1, verse 30, the Bible says, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who was preferred before me, for he was before me. And I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. He knew that Jesus Christ was coming. He knew he needed to prepare the way. One of the ways he prepared was through baptism. And I also so says here that he said, this is him. This is the one I was talking about. The guy that y'all were just asking about. This is him. And it says he was, preferred, he was, he was preferred before me because he was before me. I don't have these verses up on the, on the board either, but I would encourage you to go study Luke chapter 1. If you look at that, in the physical sense, John the Baptist was born before Jesus. And they're cousins, they're related. But as Ian covered, the word was God and the word was with God. In the beginning was a word with God. That's Jesus. He was in the beginning foreordained from the foundation of the world. And John the Baptist understands that. He said, this is him. He was before me. He is much more worthy than me. This is the one who I cannot even loosen his sandal strap. It's the Lamb of God. John chapter, 1, it, 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 John chapter 1, verse 32, continuing our study, the Bible says, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he, and, and, and he remained upon him. And, and I did not know him, <clears throat> I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So he, he's saying that this is the one who the Spirit descended upon, came out of heaven and descended upon him like a dove. And that's from Mark, or one of the accounts here, in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, talks about that event that John the Baptist is referring to. Where it says here, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. So Jesus Christ was baptized by John. And immediately coming up from the, the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven. Then a voice came from heaven, saying, "You are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." So here is the, is is the event that John is referring to here. He's he's saying that I I have seen the dove. I've seen the spirit. <clears throat> excuse me. 
and the heavens parted, and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And he's saying, this is, I witnessed all these things. I'm the one that baptized Jesus Christ. This is the Son of God. This is the, this is the Lamb of God. <clears throat> and John is saying that I, excuse me, I'm skipping ahead on my, on my slides, I'm sorry. That he's saying, I am testifying that this is the Son of God. This is the one who is preferred before me. And through that baptism and seeing that Spirit come down, and resting upon Jesus, saying, I'm, I'm, I'm confirming it. I was there. I'm testifying. I, I, I witnessed these things. John chapter 1, verses 35 through 37, the Bible says, Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. So I want to make sure that we understand that and we, we understand that these are John the Baptist's disciples. And again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. You know, in, 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 uh, in Revelation chapter 5, the Bible says, Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessings. Verse 13, And every creature that which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessed and honor and glory, the power, uh, and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Now these verses were written before that, but these men understand that John the Baptist is saying, This is the Lamb of God. What if we heard someone today saying, Behold the Lamb of God. We, we might we'll go investigate. These men have been looking for this person. They've been looking for the Messiah. They've been looking for Christ. And John the Baptist is saying, there he is. And what's really interesting and what's profound to me in this, these few verses here is that those disciples, those students, those learners of John the Baptist heard that and then they left John the Baptist and they followed Jesus. That they were with John. John was doing great work. But once the Lamb of God was pointed out to him, those men were like, thank you. I don't know what they said. I thank you, John, for everything that you showed us. We're following Jesus now because he's who we should all be following. John was just leading us to Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 38, still speaking of those two men, the Bible says, Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following him, he said, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? So he asked them a question, and then they asked him a question. He said, what do you seek? And they're like, where are you staying? Because they want to follow Jesus. They want to be with Jesus. And Jesus said, or he said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying. And they remained with him that day. Now it was about the 10th the, uh, hour. It doesn't say what they said. Maybe they talked. Maybe something happened. But these men definitely wanted to follow the Lamb of God. So they left and they said, Rabbi or teacher or master, in the King James Version, a term of honor, saying, where are you staying? We, we want to be with you. We want to follow you. John chapter 1, verse 40, one of, the, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's brother. So Andrew was with John the Baptist, a disciple of him. John the Baptist points out, there's the Lamb of God. Andrew says, all right, I'm going to follow Jesus now. And goes with Jesus and stays with Jesus an entire day. And then that next day, what happens here is this in verse 41. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. 
Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. To me, this is, this is wonderful. This is great because this, it's evangelism going on right here. That Andrew went with Jesus, and after one day, he's like, I have got to go get my brother and bring him to Jesus. Why? Because it's, it's Jesus. It's exciting. It's the Messiah. It's the one who's the Savior. Do we do that? When we say, hey, I have found Jesus, I, I'm with Jesus now. Do we go get our brother or our sister and say, you've got to come with me and be with this man and see this man? And that's what Andrew did. He went and got his brother and said, come on, we have found him. And there it says, Simon, you, sh you shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone or, or a rock. And we're going to study that more. Once we get, we get to, to that chapter later on in John, we'll expound on that some in one of the statements that Peter makes there, which kind of connects with this name change. But I just want to point out that lots of times in the scriptures, when we, saw, we see Saul to Paul and things of that nature, it, it's, it, it's, it's significant when you see these name changes. John chapter 1, verse 43, the Bible said, The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. So they left there with Jesus. Jesus has his, his disciples, and they go to Galilee, and they find Philip and said to him, follow me. So here Jesus sees Philip, and he finds Philip, and Jesus says to Philip, you, you follow me. Philip obviously does. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the, the, the city of Andrew and Peter, so they're kind of still in that area. He's, he's from the same city as Andrew and Peter. Then Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, which we just studied some of those scriptures tonight. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So he said, we have found Messiah. We have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. We have found the prophet. We have found the anointed one. And guess who it is? It's Jesus from Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. So, so Nathanael's opinion of the people of that place is obviously not good. And, and maybe he's had some dealings there. I think there's some historical accounts of that. They weren't very well, well favored among the other regions there. But regardless of, of that, Nathaniel's opinion of, of those from Nazareth is not good. And Philip says, come and see. So here's another example that the Lord pointed to Philip and said, you follow me. And as soon as Philip sound, saw Nathan, he said, come on. We have found him, the one that Moses talked about. I mean, they're bringing people to Jesus Christ, and that's our mission as well today. These men are doing the exact same thing. Philip says, can, or, or, or Nathaniel said, can anything good come? He said, you come and see for yourself. And he's bringing Nathaniel with, with him. It's a very profound statement for us as well, that we need to bring people to Jesus, just like these men did. John chapter 1, verse 47 through 48, the Bible says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. So Jesus is already pointing out, I already know this man. I know who this is. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, I don't know what was going on under that fig tree, but it, but it was something profound there's something may have been going on there. But regardless, before Philip even went and got, got Nathaniel, Jesus said, I already know you. I know who you are. I saw you under the fig tree. Jesus knows who, who we are. He, he sees us. He knows us. Verse 49, the Bible says, Nathaniel answered, and Nathaniel answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus 
And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. So whatever happened there, it made a, an immediate impact on Nathaniel. And he says, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And he is ready to follow him as well. And he said, Just because I, I said this, you're ready to follow, you're going to see greater things than that. Verse 51 says, And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So he said, There's going to be greater things to come. And I want us to hang on to that as we continue to go through these other chapters and we continue to study the book of John, that we're going to read about and see greater things, and we're going to see this progression of Jesus Christ leading up to the cross. Now, I encourage us to. To, to read up, to, fall, to, 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 to study before these lessons and be prepared to study the rest of the book of John. But that last verse there brings to mind Genesis chapter 28 where it says there, Most assuredly I say hereafter that you're going to see the heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And it reminded me of Genesis chapter 22 verse 28 or Genesis chapter 28 verse 10, excuse me, where it says now Jacob, when he, Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. So there's many times that, that, that we see Jesus in distress, and there's other people there ministering unto Jesus. But to me, there's another connection there that Jacob here sees this ladder from earth to heaven. There's a connection there. Well, Jesus Christ is our connection there. Jesus Christ is kind of like our ladder. He is the only way that we can get from here to there. That Jesus, Jesus Christ is that connection from that ascending and that descending from earth to heaven. And, and, and I just want to point that out as we close the, this chapter in, in John chapter 1. So I, I hope that, that the, the study tonight has been edifying, has, has, been, has been beneficial, and has possibly got you excited about the book of John as, it's gotten me, me, as it has gotten me excited. We have not, not studied the first principles, but if there's someone here who wants to obey the gospel call, who wants to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to put on Christ, as we talked about in Galatians chapter 3, we have water here, we have clothes and things of that nature. We are prepared to, uh, to, uh, to assist you in that. If you are a child of God or you need the prayers of the church or there's any other way that we can help you, we'd ask that you to please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.